Hello, my name's Heather, and this is my posh boyfriend, Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. Hello and welcome to Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. I am the posh boyfriend. Here are some of the things that I say. And this Here is, is you, saying things. <laughs> Um, if you've never listened before, you've probably noticed already that I am generally accepted to be quite posh, and this is the podcast where we explore what that means and if it even matters. Um, this is Heather. Hello. Hello. You've not said hi yet. So. No, no, it's just you taking up all the airspace as, uh, <laughs> no, as so, usual. Sorry. Complicating the airflow. Well, I need you to help come and pick up some of the slack because um, I managed to bite my tongue um recently which is <laughs> literally yeah literally which is terrible yeah figuratively i could probably do that a bit more often but literally i did just bite my tongue so i'm in pain and slightly unable to, to like speak clearly um so if that comes through in the recording i'm terribly sorry but i'm soldiering on in the name of good content so this week we've been spending some time uh, online browsing the weird and frankly pretty depressing and unsavory world that is Twitter. <laughs> or at least awful, I have. Isn't it? It's so awful. You've been so, in a couple of Twitter hole, holes. Yeah. Hills. 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 Yeah, I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. Um, I've, I've never really been like a big Twitter person. I remember I had it a little bit like 10 years ago and then gave up on it because I just, you know, spent too much time looking at things. Yeah. And then got it again uh, because of the podcast. Because of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm our, more or less our Twitter manager. Um, you can catch up <laughs> with some of our amazing content at Posh Things My. Um, and you kind of run the Instagram side of things. That's right. Yeah. At Posh oh. Things My. Yeah. We've got consistent branding acro- across our handles. So we're easy to find, guys. Um, no excuses. Uh, but we did spot something. We both spotted the same yeah, thing. It's quite funny. Which was a breaking news story which raised all sorts of fun class and conduct issues um, that we both then sent to one another independently, being like, yeah. <laughs> saying, look yeah. at this, we need to talk about it. Um, I think you sent it first. So what? What's, what is it? What happened? So this was the story of the popular musician Jess Glynn um, getting turned away from a restaurant called Sexy Fish, which apparently is a bit of an it spot. Um, apparently she turned up dressed in a hoodie and tracky bottoms and sort of generally looking a bit scruffy. Yeah. Um, and uh, she got turned away from the restaurant and she then went on some big rant about how it was discrimination after. Um, uh, and that's that's the that's the context. But then Twitter got hold of it. Twitter was having none of it. <laughs> so <laughs> working class Twitter <laughs> was not none impressed. Of it. <laughs> so yeah, so the Sun sort of headline on it, which they tweeted out, simply said, "Jess Glynn hits out after being turned away from posh restaurant for wearing a hoodie, calling it pure discrimination." <laughs> so kind of like you just described exactly there. Yeah. Um, so that brings us back to something we talked about ages ago, like the idea of a posh restaurant. I think it's quite a funny one, but I guess it's just like quite expensive, quite well to do. Fancy and expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, probably not appropriate to go wearing the hoodie to it. No, definitely not. And uh, yeah, Twitter tends to agree. So 
one random person I saw who just goes by George on Twitter okay. said the funniest slash most tragic thing about the whole Jess Glynn saga is that an actual working class person going to eat 300 pound sushi in Mayfair would dress up. Yeah. <laughs> a weird posh girl who wants to pretend she's working class would dress like she's off down petrol station. <laughs> Uh, it's true though like that's a big deal going to that sort of restaurant you don't turn up looking like a scruff bag no absolutely not (laughs) a scruff bag yeah (laughs) um so well that's interesting how does that make you feel do you resent the sort of the idea that because she's dressed in a hoodie she's sort of dressed in a working class way yeah definitely and i like i wonder whether if it was i don't know um like a jack wills sort of hoodie mm, like would it have had the same response i don't know but yeah this sort of assumption of um uh yeah that that she sort of dressed working class so to speak uh is quite interesting yeah this will surprise you but i don't really know who jessica is um so like i don't know what any of her songs are or anything um is she posh do you know is well, there like a cursory glance i've never actually heard her speak so that would be quite interesting yeah, to know what her accent's like but she was she was sort of born and raised in Hampstead and muswell hill her dad was an estate agent her mum worked in the music industry so not like the poshest of the posh and mm. doesn't look like she's been to boarding school or anything like that um but you know pretty wealthy area of london uh so i think one can maybe safely assume that she's a bit posh maybe just middle class actually yeah fine and uh what do you think about the whole thing like do you think that she should have been able to turn up in the hoodie or does the absolutely not no (laughs) it just screams entitlement doesn't it like you go into eat 300 pound sushi at a restaurant in mayfair i don't care who you are you don't you don't turn up looking scruffy They've got a dress code, just like stick to it. The fact that she even turned up and thought that they would have made an exception for her, which I'm sure a lot of places would, just screams entitled, completely screams entitled. And I think good on them for kind of sticking with their dress code. It actually might just be a clever bit of kind of marketing because I've never heard of Sexy Fish before this. (laughs) So, you know, maybe by sticking to the guns, they've ended up winning a bit more business. Grab a dress, darling, and we'll go. Um, (laughs) No, but but here's my question. This just occurred to me while you were saying that. What if she wasn't some famous musician who's who's super wealthy? What if it was like genuinely uh, a working class family who'd been saving up like all year as their special treat and they were going to spend all their money on the food so they couldn't afford like a nice blazer and whatever so they just turned up in a hoodie rubbish. and were turned away what do you mean rubbish just that's that's just total rubbish like what, what? it's just like it's just working... hypothetical no no sorry i know but like that it, it's based on the idea that working class people won't have any smart clothes uh-huh. like getting a shirt not expensive <laughs> But it it's, might be expensive really, for some people. No, 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 it's not. You can get them in Astor at George for about five pounds. It's okay, really fine. not. Right. Um and I think I think actually there would be a pressure to not look scruffy. Yeah. Like I just think it would be as part of that as an occasion and as an outing, not only is it is it a treat and so you want to make it feel special, um, I think you would factor in like making sure you kind of quote unquote look the part. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I just don't think it would cross anybody's mind if you were kind of saving up for that to be a thing to turn up in something that you'd wear down Weatherspoons. 
it's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Well, that's what, that brings us to another tweet on this subject that we both found. This is the thing that we sent to each other, mm. um, which I think that you found originally. What was it? Yeah, so this is also on Twitter and it's from um, at Natasha Daniels. And she says, Jess Glynn being turned away from sexy fish for wearing a hoodie is 100% not classist. Have you ever been out in a working class town? People do not wear hoodies to restaurants. Are you absolutely joking? They'll be looking fresh. (laughs) She is pure posh girl energy there, I'm afraid. Totally agree with her. Yeah. Totally agree with her. There's not a thing she said there that is incorrect. Oh, well well done, uh, Aunt Natasha Daniels. You've absolutely nailed that. Seal of approval. Funnily enough as well, on this screenshot that I took, above it is a top news article from timesofisrael.com, which said, Minister knowingly breaks virus guidelines to hold posh ribbon cutting. (laughs) 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 Which I've not researched, but I really want to now. That sounds like one for another episode. Um, yeah, no, if you just take a random browse and in Twitter on like the word posh, so much random stuff comes up. It's yeah. really bizarre. Very um, strange. But yeah, it did lead us to this absolute gem. Yeah, but I, you know, I think she's, I think she's absolutely right. You know, you go out, you really, you know, you make an effort. People are well turned out. You know, it's, I do think that there's just this baseline sense of entitlement by Jess Glynn in that action. Now, whether that's because she's posh, mm. don't know if she is or not. She's definitely not working class. Yeah. Um. So don't know whether it's because she's posh or not, or whether it's a kind of celebrity thing. Sort of thing yeah. um, suspect it's probably the latter, actually. Um, but it is a really interesting... Well, um, what's interesting is people re- reacted to it along class lines. Yeah. They sort of, you know, felt that... First of all, putting on the hoodie might have been sort of a, a trying to pretend that you're working class type thing, yeah. and that being empowered to do so was because you're posh and therefore feel like you can. So, we're sort of seeing it in real life play out. I mean, Twitter's not real life, but you know, yeah, um, <laughs> played out uh, along those lines. So, yeah, that was one of the big news stories. I'm sure everyone else was devouring that um, in, in high priority <laughs> to everything else that's been going on in the world. Um, but the other really interesting thing that um, also cropped up on Twitter that's been big news is the reopening of theatres and sort of cinemas and mm. things like that. We had Super Saturday and all that stuff. Now, coming a little bit off the back of our episode about music, I did see another fantastic tweet that really made me think, which was connected to... This was a tweet from Jason Manford, the comedian, who uh, he recently did a comedy special that we watched that was really good that he called Muddle Class that was really clever um, and basically talked about a lot of the same stuff that we've been talking about. But he and a lot of other people have been very vocal saying that we need to try and get theatres open as soon as possible and get that whole industry going. And I saw some poor guy um, who calls himself at black sheep underscore one 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 um, <laughs> tweeted at Jason Manford and at Gary Lineker for some reason, <laughs> saying not many working class step foot in theatres and then like a rolling your eyes in the back of your head emoji, plenty more worthy causes. So I think maybe this person was trying to say to them like, can you stop banging on about theatres because there's more important stuff and working class people don't go to theatres. Yeah. 
Now, Jason Manford responded. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, this guy's got what he's coming <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've probably already made your own opinions up about um, mm. what Mr. At Black Sheep underscore 111 was saying. But Jason Manford said this on the subject. This is one of the most ridiculous arguments you can read about theatre and the arts. Bulk of my audience are working class. Pantomimes, which often fund theatre all year round, are patronised by mainly working class people. Theatre is for everyone, even pricks like you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good, though, because we picked up on the pantomime last week, didn't we? Yeah. And Harris said, you know, going to the ballet um, to watch the Nutcracker posh thing to do at Christmas, going to the pantomime at your local theatre... Um, working class thing to do at Christmas. It does. It does really go go down those lines. For which, sure. which which checks out for me because I'd say I'd not been to the pantomime. I don't. At least I can't remember ever having been. To I'll it. take you love. Uh, that's very Fancy widow twanky. But but yeah. So um, that sparked this whole like a debate that was going on, and it it didn't just stay with Stephen um, Jason Manford. Um, <laughs> I saw another random person at Matt Anderson NYT had uh, tweeted this. UK Culture Secretary doing the rounds this morning to talk up the arts rescue package. Talked about pantomimes on BBC Breakfast, Today and Sky News. And then in all caps just says pantomimes. As in like, I think kind of angry or sort of... Oh, as though they're unimportant. Yeah. And then uh, a lady called at Jane Sharp swooped in. I just love, I'm quite enjoying following Twitter arguments. I know it's sad. but <laughs> You'll see entire of it, love. <laughs> uh, and she, she says this, struggling to see your point. Pantomimes are surely an important part of theatre, no? It introduces children to the experience at a young age. And yeah. it's sort of, it's interesting that there's this guy who seems to be kind of sneery about pantomimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they're silly and they're fun and... Um... You know, they have sort of stuff for adults and children and it's a it's a lovely experience in a lovely venue yeah. and and you know, it's quite a nice sort of tradition. We always go to the pantomime at Christmas, basically every year growing up, that's what we do. I've taken my nieces and nephews before now. Um and it's, you know, a lovely special experience and maybe that's the only time that people might go. Um, to the theatre and and also like I just hate this idea that working class people don't consume art mm. of one form or another yeah and that somehow you know art in whatever form that takes is somehow for the for the upper classes it's just such bullshit and yeah. if anything I think the arts industry needs more funding to make art more accessible to the working classes we are incredibly lucky in this country that you can walk into basically any museum and art gallery Mm. and go in for free that is madness and it's incredible and it's something that we need to protect because um art culture all of this sort of stuff is the stuff that makes life less shit like so if you're in a working class job you're earning minimum wage yeah like I absolutely resent this idea, um, this kind of stereotype that all you're interested in is sitting in front of the television and watching soaps. It's bollocks, and it like those sorts of opinions massively need to be challenged. Right. Oh God, I'm really on my high horse. I didn't yeah, realise no, quite no. how strongly I felt about <laughs> no, this. This is great. This is great. And also, what's interesting is the way that sort of some people, a lot of people, seem to think that arts has to be sort of highfalutin or yeah. sort of very, very refined, or, and and therefore quite inaccessible to be worthwhile. Mm. 
Um, so it goes back to what we're saying about classical music, which is sort of, if you don't know how to conduct yourself in that environment, it's really alienating. And therefore, it kind of stays inaccessible to many people. But mm. that kind of gives it that air of refinement and culture, because you have to sort of be inducted into it to get it. Uh, and the people therefore think it's sort of better. Um, mm. But as you say, there's lots of value to lots of people of all, all sorts of different art and Jason yeah. Manford would agree with you. So what do we think we've learned from those two uh, sort of fiery Twitter exchanges? I I quite like the way that it shows that it's not just you and me talking absolute nonsense. That mm. when the right subject comes up, yeah. the British public still sees lots of things along class lines and yeah, will bandy around terms like posh and working class to describe mm. all sorts of funny things, be it whether, you know, how you should conduct yourself at certain restaurants uh, and dress codes and stuff, or their attitude to stuff like the arts. Yeah. But however you look at it, it is still a big part of British culture, which is why we're here talking about it every week. Uh, so that was everything that Twitter had to offer. Uh, and now I think it's probably time for a very special edition of correspondence. Correspondence. So this week we've got a bit of a twist on uh, correspondence. Amazing. So for those of you who follow us on Instagram, you'll have noticed we put up a story um, last week calling for ideas, suggestions, topics you want us to talk about. Really it was put out as a what do our listeners want to listen to? So we're going to play a little game because I've not actually shared the topics that were suggested to us as part of that um, call out. So I'm going to ask Max Yay. to pick a number, Max, mm -hmm. between one and 12. And I'll read out what somebody suggested as a topic and we'll have a quick chat about it. Oh my God, it. amazing. How does that sound? Okay, that sounds so perfect. Number from one to 12. Um, I'm going to go for number, let's go six. Okay. Okay. Well, this is quite a serious one. This is this okay. is an interesting one. So, um, this suggestion said, "What are your views on seeing someone as a toy rather than a serious love match based on their class?" Jesus, that's a big question. That's intense. So, I think this is kind of the idea that um, we've kind of talked a little bit about before, like, oh. Just a bit of rough, bit of fun, mm. but not somebody that I would necessarily consider marriage material. Either because it's somebody posh dating someone working class, which I think is um, probably what this person's suggestion is referring to. Yeah. Or could also be the other way. Like, could yeah. be good fun, but just won't work. What are your views? Um, I think that it's probably okay for a bit. It sort of depends how you're doing it. As in like fundamentally if you're just if you're misleading the other person then that's mm. really bad but if everyone knows that it's I, I guess it's kind of just like any other relationship um it's like if if everyone knows that it's just a bit of fun then that's great and it can just be a bit of fun for everyone i don't think you're gonna sort of you know explain to somebody clearly that they're just a bit of rough in your eyes but you know what i mean like if you're pretending that they're a really serious prospect for you when actually you know that they're yeah. not then yeah, that's yeah. quite cruel and manipulative but if you know if everyone just knows that this is sort of a bit of a fling um then i suppose it's i mean it's kind of a weird thing to get off on i guess seeing somebody uh 
as a toy as they put it um, yeah i wonder whether it's um so that feels like a very intentional version like an active sort of choice Mm. but i wonder whether there's also a version which is a bit more subconscious which is maybe some of the stuff i definitely worried about when we first started dating okay um which is you might actually you know really enjoy dating this person but like kind of slowly over time it's it's a sort of realization that mm, yeah probably things might not we might not be just from the same place we're kind of talking across purposes occasionally and so you know mm, maybe I'll just keep it going because it's a nice thing and I'm having a good time but it's not going to be a long-term sort of thing that's interesting so do you think that it can work the other way then do you think that a working class person might see uh, a posh person just as a toy in the same way like mm. oh i can't imagine ending up with that sort of snob bloody hell but tell you what it's great because of x y and z and so yeah maybe i mean there's definitely i think this is where we start to get into that topic we've talked about before about kind of being a gold digger yeah um you know oh well actually they can offer me like a, a nice insight into um that the polo club. The polo club. Yeah. <laughs> the yacht club. Uh, <laughs> All of those places. Yeah. You take me there so often, darling. I just consider <laughs> them homes now. Um, yeah, no, so you, you kind of, this person might be able to offer me an insight into what that kind of life is, mm. is like. Um, but I guess there's an element of maybe if you do that, that you think of it maybe not as a long-term pos- prospect and it's just a bit of experimentation. But this is so interesting, right? Because that whole thing of wealth being attractive is kind of it's it's an impossible subject and mm. I, I remember um yeah. i've do, i've talked about this a lot with my mum as well because she views things quite traditionally often and she'll sort of say well look yeah it's very natural that women will be attracted to people who or men who have wealth if we're just talking about heterosexual relationships mm. because um you know we're hardwired as women to want security and to like look to be looking fundamentally for like a homemaker type situation where things like money and being able to provide for you really matters. So on the one hand, yeah, you might think, oh, it's really bad to sort of want all those introductions to the yacht club and to want to go after somebody because they're wealthier than you or something Mm. like that. But then isn't that kind of just like a legitimate reason that somebody might be attracted to somebody else and how do you disentangle those two yeah kind of what's the life that this person can provide me yeah yeah Yeah. that's it like if they can provide you with this love what you think would be a lovely life of high society and stuff Mm. it's so hard to draw the line between you're just after them for their money and it's like well yeah but also that's kind of one of the things that they play in their hand as to why they're attractive as as a maid yeah that's quite interesting i mean i think that sort of I think that hardwired, you know, we look for security as women mm. is is really quite a traditional and I think sometimes a data view, although it definitely still is a thing for many, many women. Um, I think more and more women are managing to free themselves from that idea and maybe just choose what it is that they want, you know, whether it's that they want to maintain their career and that's the most important thing, but that they also want a family. So really they want a house husband, hint, hint, love. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, I I don't know what the answer to that thing is, but um, yeah, I I totally get it. It's like, actually, if this person, if we can have a nice, good life together um, and they can give me the kind of financial security that I'm looking for and I'm willing to 
um, you know, fulfill the role of housewife, if that's mm. the thing that that person's looking for, then it feels like a pretty even exchange yeah. in, in a strange yeah. way. Um, but I guess we're sort of veering slightly away from the original question, which yeah, is yeah, this yeah, idea of kind to of toying. Um, I wonder how much of that actually happens consciously, really, and how much of it is just an experimentation yeah you know i haven't really dated anybody who's very posh before it was quite novel for me when we started going out so you could argue that that was a bit of an experimentation yeah. was i toying with you i don't think so because you know we're here you yeah. know a year and a half down the line with a podcast um but you know maybe there's an argument to say well it was a novelty us us like dating at the very very beginning and it was intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's right. And I think, well, as we discussed before, it is still a bit of a novelty in general. Mm. Like, it's still quite rare. Um, so that whole toying thing, let's just pick that apart a bit. Because that, to my... I'm just trying to understand what that might actually be like to live. That, like, attitude, um, subconsciously or, or consciously. And I guess it's one of a couple of things, isn't it? It's either like, oh, well, this person's a bit beneath me, so I can treat them mm. a little bit more disrespectfully yeah. or, you know, um, a bit less uh, whatever it might be. You wouldn't treat them the same way that you would treat somebody that you think is sort of your equal or your superior in, mm. in class terms. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how that would like translate in terms of how you'd act around them but i can sort of see that maybe as a bit of an attitude um or the other flip side to it which is kind of interesting is maybe for some people you're sort of you you get a bit of a thrill about being mr well-connected man about town like let's just say mm, that if, if we go full stereotype let's just say that you do have access to like a private members club in london and the yacht club in the country to somebody who's not from that background at all, that would all be pretty spectacular. Yeah. So for 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 Mister potentially a bit um insecure or wanting to make a good impression or whatever, mm-hmm. being able to be this like wow man that can unlock all these things, you know they might get a massive thrill out of that. Whereas if you date somebody that's that's familiar with all of that anyway, and it's yeah. like oh right we're going to the club are we? Oh well, my daddy's chairman so yeah. fine. <laughs> You'd be like oh great we've got. <laughs> So is that maybe that's part of it? As that's well. very interesting. And I, actually, that again, I'm not sure how wrong that is. Like, a lot of guys get, and this this isn't a criticism at all, but a lot of guys do get a lot out of feeling like they're the big man, like they mm. pay they pay for the dates, or they are, you know, the bigger earner in the relationship, or whatever else it might be. So that that might just be a lot easier to achieve, and at a greater magnitude as well, if you're going out with somebody. Um, for whom that that whole world of, you know, how posh people do stuff um, is is more unfamiliar and, and is more impressive, therefore. And it's kind of something that they want to be a part of. Mm, that's really interesting. And, and if that's what we're talking about, then I don't really necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, it's just like people out there, everyone's just trying to get, try, trying to get their um, best foot forward. <laughs> you thought I was going to say something else. I really did, yeah. I thought <laughs> no, you were going to be really crude. Um, no, not at all. I'm trying to be refined and, and you know, intellectual here. Um, yeah, everyone's trying to put their best foot forward in the dating world and give themselves the best chance. And I mean, well, I certainly know that when I come to, came to meet you and, and when we were going out, 
my main thoughts weren't sort of, oh, great, she's a bit of rough, like, this will be a lark, won't it? You sort of think, like, oh, wow, well, I wonder what we have in common, and if I say this, that, the other, what's she going to think about it? And, Mm. you know, that sort of stuff. So if you can do little things, you know, like like we said before, you said that you like the way that um, I can play instruments and stuff like that because it's quite accomplished. And that, as I say, for people who went to private school, I think most people can play instruments. So it's great for me that that thing that's just part of, you know, how I was brought up goes down well and and sort of is is kind of impressive to you or is attractive as a quality that's amazing like i didn't see there's anything uh wrong in in trying to make the best of that no no definitely no there's definitely nothing wrong with that and and i think we've often said that um the differences in our our class has created an element of interest and conversation for us that keeps things like you and fresh um in a way that you know they might not have done had we been from the same same background so it is it is really interesting um yeah it's it's the sort of I I guess there's something intentional then about the toying from what we've just said I think Mm. what we're talking about here is less about the sort of um exploratory sort of intriguing side of it and more about just knowing I'm you know a class above this person and therefore I just don't see them as a long-term prospect but I'm happy to enjoy their company and you know for us to have sex regularly and then when I'm kind of done I'll just be done yeah and it's quite a callous way of looking at the world yes and I'm I don't I wouldn't dare think that um you know posh posh people posh boys in particular um go go around interacting in the world like that um but i wonder if there's merit in that as an idea um do you know anybody in your friendship group that has maybe done that previously Hmm. no i don't think so i mean yeah i think that but like the girls that my friends go out with um, are quite varied actually in terms of you know uh, their their backgrounds and it's not like all of my friends from school all have identical girlfriends that all went to Cheltenham's Ladies College and <laughs> owned a bunch of horses and stuff like that so um, I wonder whether if we fast forwarded in 10 years how many when, of them will well yeah precisely yeah, so it's all one. about I think who you choose to settle down with maybe yeah. you know we're still in our uh, you know 20s early 30s <laughs> Some, yeah. uh yeah only just it only just still in the 20s um i wonder whether that changes when people start to get a bit more uh quote unquote serious about mm. life and they start to sort of settle down whether they make the same choices or not it'd be interesting if this podcast is still going in 10 years time <laughs> let's let's do let's a come again <laughs> yeah and see where we get to well look listen i think that is a really interesting question mm. it, it strikes me that it has um maybe slightly sad undertones so yeah, i hope that I so. um you know you haven't been subject to um some person who's just been acting disgracefully but i think that as a general principle it seems like as as with everything in relationships as long as people 
pretty much know what's going on, yeah. then it seems like it's fine. And if somebody wants to experiment with going out with somebody from a different class because it like feels a bit exciting and different just for that reason, I guess that's kind of okay. But it, I guess it starts to get really wrong where um, they're pretending to that other person that it's more serious than it is in their yeah. mind or anything yeah, like that. Sure. So yeah, thanks for the question. I think that's super interesting. Um, if any of you have any similar thoughts or questions or have any responses to that or anything else that we've said do mm. send any and all correspondence in uh you can for example email us at posh things my boyfriend says at gmail.com or you can contact us on twitter and instagram as mentioned many times during this episode on at posh things my perfect so we'd love to hear from you thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next week Ta-ra! <laughs> I'm going to go for number five. This is more on holidays and travel. It's probably one of the worst ones you can pick. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. You can go one before or one after. Okay. Um, I'm going to go one after. Let's go six. <laughs>